it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Nebraska Public Media Sports brings you live coverage of the Girls and Boys NSAA High School Soccer Championships from Morrison Stadium at Creighton University. Monday, May 13th, see Class B girls at 8.30 p.m. Central and Class A girls at 8 p.m. Central on Nebraska Public Media. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to Hurt at Sports Radio. Welcome in to Hurt at Sports Radio. I'm Ravi Lula. Andrew Rogers here with me, kicking off hour number three. And we are on AM590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri Cities, and KFOR in Lincoln for this third hour. We're live from the Herdat Sports Bar and Grill. Starting to clear up a little bit, it seems, as the plows get out and uh, the snow. It looks like the snow stopped. I can't really tell. It was a little windy earlier. Seems like maybe it's we are down in a one bit. spot. So it's true. It, yeah, it's it's clearing up where we are. Yeah, it's literally just in the like thirty square feet that I'm looking outside <laughs> at. It appears to have cleared up a little bit. Uh, so hopefully, I can see I can concrete. See, yeah, I can see a little bit of wind blowing now too, though. So uh, hopefully you're safe wherever you are. Uh, hopefully you were able to stay home. Um, we 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 braved it. We got out here okay, um, and the roads were not not great, not clean, not great, uh, not ideal. But that's Shane okay. Shane texted in our group, and he's like, "Hey, like it's it's clear by me." I'm like, "Wow, great! Maybe they got on the roads early." And then I'm driving up uh, the side roads to get to Herd at <laughs> Sports Bar and Grill. Yep, Shane, you're no, you're a big liar. It was literally just his parking lot was clean. His, <laughs> his parking lot was clean, uh, which I I did appreciate. But the uh, no, I want to tell you about our friends over at War Horse Sportsbook and Casino. We've been talking a little bit. We did not do well on my No, we didn't do well on our props yesterday, <laughs> but that's okay because you've got a chance to, not just you, me, everyone has a chance to be involved in their festival of games. Coming up for the big game in the Professional Football Championship on February 11th, they are doing another prop card challenge. They did one for the national championship last night. They're doing one for the big game on February 11th as well. For your chance to win $100,000 if you can go 25 for 25 on that prop card. But even if you don't, all your entries get put into a drawing for a $20,000 cash or free slot play uh, drawing prize as well. It's free to participate for War Horse Rewards members. You have to go between now and February 1st to the casino in Lincoln to earn entries. You can earn entries for every $50 sports book ticket that you submit. And all you got to do, Andrew did it over the weekend. 
go down to the casino in Lincoln, swipe your rewards card, and validate those entries to make sure you are eligible for those prizes. That is the Warhorse Sportsbook Festival of Games. And do we have Shafe? We do. He's jo- here. Joining us now He's here. on that Warhorse Sportsbook hotline is our guy Mike J. Schaefer of Husker 24-7. Shafe, what's going on, man? Oh, not much. It's uh, it's NFL playoff season. You guys are you guys are hyping up the big game. Whenever we're here in big game, we know the NFL playoffs <laughs> yeah. are around the corner. That, uh, that Andrew and I's game. team are not in, but Robbie, nope. congratulations. Yep. On uh, well done, on making it. I know it was a shock to you and everyone else. But the San Francisco <laughs> 49ers were able to qualify. Hey, but hey, we do. The Bears at least have a win in one department because coming in April. The best that time of year pick. to be a Bears fan <laughs> when you have a top pick in the draft. Yeah, that's uh, I don't know the the like sort of love that the fans were giving Justin Fields and leading up to that, that Lambeau performance and game, and now you have the number one pick, and you could get a maybe right. bigger, better, cheaper version of him at number one overall while trading him to Atlanta. I it, to me, if the Falcons don't make an offer for Justin Fields, and just build around their young nucleus of players with a guy who is from the Atlanta area that probably needs a scenery change as much as anybody in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Like, what are we even doing? Mm-hmm. And it they, they fired sense. Arthur Smith. They're doing all the right things in Atlanta right now. Shafe, what, what's the right price for Justin Fields? Because that's where I keep trying to figure out, right? Kyle Pitts. I, I think it's a first and a third. First and a third, I'll say, because yeah. two first seems like too much. Too much. First One. and a second is too much. First mm-hmm. and a third, you know, like a, a mid-third round pick. Uh, or if you get a future second, I guess. If you get a first in, in 2024 and a second in 2025, if you're the Bears, you've got to take that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's, yeah. that's so much no draft brainer. capital. Three first round picks, an additional pick in the top 60 in the, the future draft. Like, I... I just don't – I don't think you can get two ones for him, but I definitely think you can get a first. And if you can get Atlanta's first, that's another what? Top, uh, top, what, 14 pick right there? Yeah, it's top half. It's a top half pick for yeah. sure. Um, so Yeah, that's interesting because I, I figured you could get at least a first, but that didn't seem like enough. But two firsts seemed like too much. I think yeah. you're probably right. First and a third, first and a, a future second maybe. Uh, makes sense. It wouldn't shock me though if it's a first and a second this year because it just seems like teams love to overpay. And uh, it, you think of a team like Atlanta that's a little bit desperate to make right. it all work. Like you could definitely. And they've got some pieces. They've got some pieces already oh, yeah. in place. They've got place. great pieces. That's what I mean. They've and got Kyle some, Pitts actually coach. looked looked okay this year. <laughs> they, <laughs> like they need to to trade for Justin Fields or well if they don't if even if they don't do that they need to get a quarterback. Yeah, they should be the first team talking with the Detroit Lions offensive coordinator. Was it Ben Johnson? Is that his name? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that is the sort of coach I think they need to target. Like, you need someone who can creatively use your pieces and not Arthur Smith ever again. He should be banned from the state <laughs> of Georgia. He shouldn't be allowed anywhere near it. His name should you should bring up, like, the sort of reaction that General Sherman would, uh, like, over 100 years ago. Like, that's... That's how bad Arthur Smith was for the Falcons, and they just need to move on from that immediately. Does anybody else, like, see the resemblance of Big Cat and Arthur Smith? Like, am I the only one that, like, sees that? They do kind of look like they could be, like, cousins. I don't think they look – like, I wouldn't confuse them for each other. See, I think – Physically, they're pretty different, right? Size-wise, I think it's it's in the face. I think it's definitely the face, and I think it's just the – 
sort of mustache, right? Really? <laughs> Maybe. I think it's the eyes, too, a little bit. We're, I think we're leaning heavy on the mustache like, here, but that's okay. Like, look at that guy. Like, that's got a little big cat in him. <laughs> I don't know. I just showed him a photo. He's like, a, he, I you think, can't see it. I think he's like a big cat older brother, maybe. <laughs> um, are there any? Uh, are there any of the college coaches that get brought up for uh, for head coaching jobs that you think, hey, that guy, that guy kind of makes sense in a place like Atlanta? I'm trying to think of an offensive minded college coach that that maybe would get a sniff in the NFL. Do any of those guys come to mind for you, or they think you think they go maybe uh, an NFL offensive coordinator route? Um, I, I think they, they probably go the coordinator route. I mean, the NFL is such a copycat league. I mean, they're, everyone's right now looking at very, like, I mean, whoever, who's the 49ers nominal offensive coordinator? Like that guy's probably going to get a job. <laughs> um, hey, it worked out for Mike McDaniel. Yeah. So, well, and look at Sean McVay. I mean, Zach Taylor and, and Kevin O'Connell and, and guys like that. So, uh, it's it's definitely a copycat league. I'd be surprised if we saw a college coach show. I don't. I, I shouldn't say that. I mean, I think we're going to see Jim Harbaugh somewhere, and I think it's probably going to be the LA Chargers from the early sounds of things. But uh, beyond Harbaugh, who's sort of in his own category uh, in a lot of ways in life, um, <laughs> you know, there's there's nobody else that makes a lot of sense to me that that uh, you would reach down and and try to try to go. I mean, honestly. The guy across from Harbaugh last night is probably the mm-hmm. the one that would be most interesting at this yeah. point. Um, and quite frankly, if you're, you know, if you're Seattle and you have Pete Carroll and he's going into you know, age seventy two season or whatever it is, that would be sort of interesting. If they're like, we're gonna go get Kalen DeBoer, this worked for us last time, and obviously, uh, you know. Pete Carroll, sort of like Jim Harbaugh, an entirely different category where you're an NFL guy that then goes to college that then comes back uh, to the NFL. Now, Harbaugh was a little bit less that. But, um, you know, I, I just don't know that there's anyone else that – and maybe I'm just completely you know, blanking. I don't think Ryan Day makes sense. What about a guy uh, like um, – what about a guy like – sorry not to cut you off there. No, you're good. What about a guy like Elaine Kiffin or a Steve Sarkeesian that have some experience in the NFL already? I don't think there is an NFL owner that is willing to let Lane Kiffin be Lane Kiffin <laughs> for their NFL franchise. Fair, fair. Um, now, I can't say that with 100% certainty because, quite frankly, I can probably only name like 12 NFL owners. I mean, <laughs> really honest. It's like college ADs, you know, like yeah. you can name 10 of them. And 20 of them could be standing right in front of you, and you'd have no idea. <laughs> right. Um, what about, so, like, Sark, though? Sark's, Sark's got the coordinating experience Sark, in the NFL? Same thing. I mean, he's he's someone that's interesting to me because of sort of the level of experience that he has, and I think his offenses are interesting. And I I think that he would want to maybe pursue that. But I just don't I don't know that there's anyone where it's just, like, feels like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me right now in this time. I think – um, there's some some names to, to sort of keep an eye on, uh, but I don't know that there's anyone where it's just like, yeah, this this totally makes it. I would love, obviously, you just left for a different job. I would have loved if an NFL owner was like, you know, who's basically won everywhere and just deserves an opportunity to see what he could do at this level. South Dakota I would State love head if coach. Someone's like, okay, what was that? I said the South Dakota State head coach. <laughs> well, he's. Uh, I'm just kidding. He's I'm got kidding. one year of experience. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But. Um, 
Willie Fritz. It'd be amazing if someone's like, you know what, this guy's won at every level. <laughs> we're, we're tired of Willie Fritz. Willie Fritz for like a five-year run. We're going to see what he can do. And the first year is going to be terrible. And then year two is going to be interesting. And then year three, we're going to be rolling. And then he's like 71 years old. And, you know, we're going to pass it off to somebody else. But I, I'm a huge Willie Fritz guy, and I would love to have seen him get an opportunity in the NFL. But that is not going to happen, and that's okay. Shafe, um, speaking of like just people to keep an eye on, we saw two big additions to Nebraska's offense over the weekend, but the status of Jamal Banks, that's what people are wondering about right now. Do you think he ends just up? Just Jamal Banks? People aren't wondering about uh, Stephon Thompson? Maybe, maybe Thompson, too. Oh, we're wondering. Too. We're all maybe wondering. Maybe Thompson, too, but uh, Banks was the high caliber name there. Yeah, uh, I think both of those guys are going to be making decisions You know, here in the middle of the week. Uh, could be today, could be tomorrow. They're both, you know, Banks a little more talkative than Thompson. Thompson has more or less told people he is not interested in talking during the process. It hasn't stopped us from trying. Uh, you know, we're not we're not great at the listening part there at times uh, as an industry as a whole. But um, they're both probably going to make a decision here pretty soon. Players report at Nebraska on Saturday, and I think they want to have as many of these guys on campus you know, the, uh, as soon as they can. And so um, they had Thompson in, they had Banks in, they got Nair, they got uh, Dowdell. They got Dowdell, and they never ended up hosting, um, I don't even know how you pronounce the first name, but they never ended up hosting the Idaho linebacker. Alexander? His last name is, is, is Alexander, yeah. and that's very easy to say. Yeah. So <laughs> The other part uh, is not easy to say. Yeah, is it is it Zyrie? I was Zyrie? told it was pronounced X-Ray, and I don't know if they were <laughs> messing with me or not. That is not what I have heard, but I didn't, you know I could have very easily been like thrown something on. Maybe YouTube he just goes by X-ray as like a nickname. Yeah, it could be. That would make a lot more sense. Um, I don't know. Would, I really that don't. would lead to some really interesting NIL opportunities that few others. Would have. <laughs> Welcome to Ortho, Nebraska, brought to you by X-ray Alexander. <laughs> <laughs> Nebraska Orthopedics. That's great. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, anyways, well, it's not going to happen here. And uh, real quickly, kudos to that guy. He's trying to take like eight visits, and he was going to try to get to Nebraska for like six hours. And they're like, eh, we're good. No, we're not going to do this. We're not interested. <laughs> okay, so where, so where do you think they are on Banks? That's the one that I think, yeah. as Andrew mentioned, um, he's that big-bodied wide receiver. He's got power five production. I think that's the one. I know linebacker is important, but, you know, we only care about offense around here. Um, <laughs> what's, what's the status on him as far as you're concerned? Yeah, I, the thing with Banks is I'm trying to figure out who the real competition is. It feels like it's very much Nebraska's out in front. I know Notre Dame was involved, but they're out. Mm-hmm. And so he's not going to go to Notre Dame. And then the other school that got mentioned to me in this before the visit and certainly before their win last night was Michigan. And so, um, but they are going to be in a weird spot with their coaching situation, unless they just come out and just announce Harbaugh stepping away. And then uh, the OC is going to take over and that's where they're at. And everything else is going to stay the same. Um, I think Nebraska is in a pretty good spot uh, for Jamal Banks right now. And I think because he's making a relatively quick decision, after this visit to Nebraska, I think because Nebraska needs wide receivers and, and needs, I shouldn't say needs wide, they need a veteran presence, certainly in that room. And I think he can offer that. I think his physical size mm-hmm. makes him intriguing because you you like guys that, you know, how do I say this without being offensive and not one of my strong suits? No, go ahead and be offensive. It's fine. Yeah. Billy Kemp's a nice player. 
you can only run so many plays with Billy Kemp. Mm-hmm. And we saw that in the very first game when Minnesota took him out of it completely yeah. because they just draped him. And Jeff Sims can't throw the ball into a very small window. And you'd run these pass plays where you're running a post pattern over the middle of the field with a five foot eight wide receiver. Unless he's, you know, Mike Ty- Wallace. Tyreek Hill. Uh, you know, Antonio Brown or whomever. Yeah. Like, like you, you just you don't see that like that's yeah Tyreek Hill is an exception unto himself but right that's a really tough thing to do uh without elite speed and I just don't I don't know that they ever were going to utilize Billy Kemp in a way that that was going to take advantage of what he could do for them just because of how their passing game was but still when you go into the portal I mean part of the success of a Samari Toure is that he was a bigger guy like he wasn't super thick he wasn't Quincy and Noonwell level you know jacked but he could he could go out and get a football he could high point he could win in the air you could throw it up to him and Adrian would do that and I think that Jamal Banks and to a maybe even bigger extent Isaiah Nair uh, these two guys are going to be able to to kind of help Nebraska in that regard and maybe even more importantly than all of that couldn't give an example for Malachi Coleman who needs someone to sort of model his college career off of. And there's nobody on the roster that really has that experience that has his kind of body size. If you think that he's going to add some more weight to him in a full off season and, and, you know, under Corey Campbell and the strength and conditioning plan. So I, I like it for a variety of reasons. Um, And I think, I really think Dylan Raiola, we didn't get to see his peer recruiting, um, because he committed to Nebraska so late. Mm-hmm. I think he is certainly in the mix in every one of, you know, even someone like Stephon Thompson. I think having a guy like Dylan Raiola, who's so confident and basically has all of this sort of clout without having ever played a snap, I think that helps Nebraska too. And I think he could use those receivers as much as anybody. Shafe, let's assume that they land Banks after they land Nair, and then we mentioned all the young guys in the room. How do you feel about that room if that's what we're if that's what we've got going into the fall? Yeah, pretty good. I mean, the the one thing you don't have is you don't have that one returning guy where you're like, okay, you had 35, 40 catches mm-hmm. last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you feel good about that, but you you're gonna put in two. If they were to walk away with Banks, where you like it? I mean, I I have never missed an opportunity, and I won't hear today to sing the praises of what I think Jalen Lloyd can ultimately be in this offense and, and as a player in, in college football. And I think he's arrow up. They love Jaden Doss. They love Demetrius Bell and Malachi Coleman. We know all about his upside. And so I think being able to add a couple steady veterans, uh, you know, and somebody like Nair who didn't get to play in 22 because he blew his knee out, but was, was, or, well, I think he blew his knee out. I can't remember exactly ACL. the injury, but. He was, he was set up to be one of Texas's top receivers. He was having a monster camp. They loved what he was doing. He got hurt, and, you know, we saw that play out. Like, they have great receiving talent. So he ended up getting buried in 2023. And so he's going to come back really, really hungry. I just think those guys are good assets, both in the locker room and then on the field, for a relatively young offensive team. You look at the guys that could be out on the field for Nebraska outside of their offensive line without these transfer additions – they're pretty young. They don't have a lot of playing time out there. And so getting a couple steady veterans, I think it's always helpful. Shafe, you mentioned uh, the veterans uh, a couple of times now. And so my question to you is what's next in terms of where a veteran needs to go? Is it in the quarterback room? Is that next on the priority list? 
Uh, I don't know that there's anyone else that they're adding here at this period. I think we're probably talking more spring. Maybe they can find someone uh, kind of a deep cut college quarterback that's just looking for an opportunity, but we haven't, haven't really seen or heard a lot there. I, I almost wonder if they just want to get into the spring and see what that looks like. And then, you know, you come out of the spring and you might have a quarterback pictures around the college football where guys are leaving and they need an opportunity somewhere else. They might be more willing to come in and, and be a backup uh, without necessarily having the chance to challenge in the spring. I just, I don't know. I, I think it's difficult. You know, I, if I was advising anyone that was going into the portal and they were looking at Nebraska and they were a quarterback, it'd be like, look, you're not going to win the job. I mean, there's no way you're winning that job. So if you're comfortable going there to be a backup quarterback, or if you're comfortable going there with the idea that an injury is how you're going to get onto the field in a significant way. And even then, like, it's just hard. I mean, you have. Oh, shaved. We and lose. then there you go. Uh, oh, did I did I disappear? Yeah, just cut out there for a hot sec, but we got you again. All right. All right. And then, you know, I was saying you have Raiola, most popular player on the team, hasn't taken a snap in college football. And then you have um, Heinrich Harburg, who this coaching staff likes. Like, I know people want to bury and they want to throw him away and, and everything else. They like him. And he, he's liked in that locker room. And he's a native Nebraska kid. And I don't think he's going anywhere. And mm-hmm. I think if he's their backup quarterback, I think Nebraska is going to be okay with that because he's played in games. And you know, he won. He was the, the the starting quarterback in all five of their wins this year. And so um, I I just don't know that they view it the same way. If they tried to find someone, it seems like it'd be more so they could have a really competent battle between Harburg and, and, you know, maybe you find a junior college guy that doesn't have a great opportunity at the FBS level, but he's willing to walk on and compete, you know, that kind of thing. Like, I just think they have to be creative. Because I don't know that you're going to go into the portal and get what you want. And I don't know that they have the scholarship numbers to allow them to do that either. Shafe, do you find it the least bit risky to rely on just a true freshman or a couple of true freshmen in Harburg to turn this offense around? Or does it just all boil down to having the right person in the room? I mean, it's it's not the least bit risky. It's <laughs> I mean, it's basically going all in on a pair of eights on the fourth hand of playing, you know, in a in a tournament right like it's it's a good hand but it's not necessarily assuring you of anything and there's no safety net right so i mean it's a it, it's a situation where i think this is just where they are they wanted dylan riola they made the long-term decision to take him they passed on the short term of kyle mccord there was no way they could get both from either quarterback i think i don't think it would have worked for either one of them and i think that makes sense the more you think about it and this is just where they are. And so they, you know, I, I don't think we're talking about a Nebraska team that's going to go rip off 10 wins. But if you're talking about a Nebraska team that can go seven and five and handle some growing pains as as Dylan Riola progresses as a quarterback, then you've set yourself up really well. And you maybe sold out some short term success for some long term health of the program. But, yeah, it's going to be risky. It's going to be nerve wracking. You know, every time he takes a big hit and you're like, oh, no, what's going to happen here? Or, and we don't talk about this side of it enough, what if he just comes in against UTEP and it's not good and it takes a while? Because he's a true freshman. Like this, you know, the top quarterbacks in the country for the 2023 class, not a lot of those guys played. You know, not a lot of them got opportunities. Arch Manning wasn't wasn't playing over multiple quarterbacks Mm -hmm. in Texas. So, 
I, I think we have to allow for the idea that it may not work right away. It might be really ugly, but they're willing to invest in this. And I think we, we have to accept that that's where it's at. Yeah, Shafe, I'm not willing to accept that idea that it might be ugly, just for the record. <laughs> um. <laughs> that's, that's okay. no one, most people should not blindly accept premises that I'd say on it. Uh, Shafe, that's all we got for you today. I know there's a lot going on with uh, – Dana Holgerson and stuff too, but we are out of time. So uh, hopefully by the time we talk to you next week, there's maybe some more movement in that direction as well. We appreciate your time as always, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. All right, gentlemen. Have a good one. Thanks, Shafe. That's Mike J. Schaefer from Husker 24-7. All right, coming up next, we're going to switch gears a little bit and talk some Nebraska and Purdue basketball tonight. The Cornhuskers take on the number one team in the land, and we're going to talk to Mike Carmen of GoldenBlack.com about Purdue and the matchup against Nebraska here tonight. All that and a little bit more coming up on Herd at Sports Radio here on AM590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities, and KFOR in Lincoln.